good then, I can tell you. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's 9.42 in the morning. I do declare. <laughs> so we've started waking Haley up in the morning to do our <laughs> podcast because that's when she's in her best form. Appar- I mean, mate, apparently. <laughs> Maybe not today. <laughs> Maybe this is the point <coughs> where it stops being efficient. Maybe. And starts being silly. And starts being real. I mean, I did stand up and immediately almost fall out the window. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, we have safety precautions around our windows. It's pretty hard to fall out Luckily, of them. Luckily, they're Haley-proof. The windows are all Haley-proof. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, maybe maybe our listeners think that since we moved in, they got worse, not better. So, who knows? The numbers say differently. It's true, but like just by the general idea of time, I would hope that they're climbing at least a bit. Um, there's, oh, so, there's something to be said for uh, looking through the the bars of the zoo and being like, "Look at what that thing's doing!" Right? Hmm. How curious! How curious! I do declare. So many people go to the zoo every year just to stare at animals and be like, ooh, what are you doing? Little known fact, many people go to the zoo every year yeah. to stare at the animals. That's what this episode's about. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It is about French people. And sometimes there aren't bars in this one. Yes. Um, Bikes are made out of bars. Well, but first I was going to say... Um, Thank you, Japan. We got to 300 listeners from, or listens, I guess, from Japan, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Australia broke 100. Australia, Australia. Out of nowhere. Out of, out of nowhere. <laughs> they just, like, hopped over the UK, <laughs> skipped over Germany, kicked Canada in the nuts, and then declared themselves third place. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. WWE. Oh, is that what that was? Uh, John Cena. <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought it was the McDonald's theme song. Yeah. I'm loving it. John Cena. <laughs> John Cena, I'm loving it. Oh, man. I'm loving it, John Cena. But obviously, obviously America is still our first one, so thanks, America. You're cool. No, we like you. No, We're here. That. Um, yeah, it's who, not, it's who, not as fun. Who are all of you? <laughs> Email us. You're, you're not, you're not all just Facebook people. Yeah. What, where Did I tell you? you I forgot to post last week's episode to Facebook, so oh. it's definitely not Facebook what? people. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> uh, yep. How, how is this happening? <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thanks for making it happen. Thanks. And today we're going to talk about my favorite sport on hysterical history. Yes. By the way, I'm Alexis. Uh, I'm your favoriteest falling out the window, Haley. <laughs> yeah, you didn't fall out the window though. Almost. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. You have to do it on the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh no, she's getting so close to the window. Oh, oh no. Um. <laughs> And we're talking about cycling today. Cycling. Nope. <laughs> A little bit. Nope. What are bikes made out of? Bars. Kind of. We're going to talk about the cyclemen. <laughs> She's very excited about that. 
Um, Cyclemen. So one time. So it's weird if cycling is your favorite sport, especially as an American. It is. Because. It is weird. So one time somebody was, like, doing a poll about favorite sports. Some, like, kid of, like, one of my friends. You know, like, (laughs) a kid of my friends. A kid, one of my friends. My, no, no. A, Just go to the A brother or sister out. of one of my friends, the younger oh, one. I see. Yeah. I was going to say a kid's sister, and then I said a kid of my friends, but not my friend's kid. It sounds like your story's changing <sighs> a little bit. It's a lot. I think you're trying to hide something. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just bad at talking. Um, that's why we have a podcast. So we can record so, a whole bit. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You're going to love listening to this when you edit. Uh, I'll just take it all out so I don't sound stupid. So one of my friend's younger siblings, when I was in high school, asked... Like, they were doing a poll for class, right? For, like, statistics or something. Oh, and they were like middle school statistics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for their math class. That's a very advanced math class. I mean... For a middle schooler. <laughs> doesn't mean their whole class was about statistics. They were just working on a section about statistics. <laughs> And so they were polling, like, what people's favorite sport was. And I was like, I'm a bad person to ask this question, too. You're going to be the outlaw. I don't, I know. And I was like, I don't want to ruin your data. So I was like, I even asked beforehand. She was like, what's your favorite sport? And I was like, um, and I'm like, do you have options, right? Like an A, B, C, D situation? Mm-hmm. And then she was like, no, it's just a random poll. Like, whatever is true. And I'm like, okay. Because I'm like, I'm going to just... F this up. Um, and so I told her cycling, and she, like, looked at me weird because, like, normal people... But cycling what? <laughs> what are you referring to? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like, bike races. And she's like, okay. And then just writes it down. Um, are they bikers? Or are they and then cyclists? says, thank you. They're cyclists. It's, it's weird when you're American. Especially because the biggest race is the Tour de France. Which is what we're talking about specifically today. Kentucky Derby. The history of the Tour de France. Now, despite being my friend for, um, what, seven years, uh, Haley doesn't seem to know much about my favorite sport. Uh, Because every time Cycleman comes up, (laughs) I I go somewhere else. (laughs) But not today. (laughs) Today I'm going to force you to learn about the Tour de France. So this is kind of a weird episode because it's not specifically about, like, historical Tour de France stuff. Um, I'll mention some things, but... The history of X. Mostly it's just, like, uh, a lesson in culture. (laughs) Which, you know, that's fine. Um, Haley, do you know how long the Tour de France is? How many... many, uh, Kilometers? No, I meant days. They race. Uh, (laughs) 37. I just gave you a hint. It's more than one day. (laughs) Um, no, not 37. That's uh, too high. 12. Too low. 22. 21. Um, there are tw- I should say there are 21 days of riding. 22 is actually a really good guess because there's 21 days of riding, but there's 23 days total. Uh, they get two rest days. I knew that. I split the difference. <laughs> you did not know that, but that's okay. I knew. <laughs> we just stated that you don't know anything about it, but <laughs> sure. Um, do you know how long it is lengthwise? In kilometers. Or miles. I have both. Ew. We don't use miles. <laughs> we're not savages. <laughs> we are. We're American We're savages. not barbarians. I don't know kilometers at all, which is why I put both. <laughs> 300 no. units. No. <laughs> of neither. No, it's very low. <laughs> A thousand units. Um, still pretty low. Uh, three, 30,000 units. <laughs> nope. Way too high. 
Let me just save us some time. It's good to uh, find a ceiling. <laughs> it's 2,200 miles or 3,500 kilometers, um, which means that they do about 105 miles per day. Um, How many kilometers a day? I don't know. I didn't write that part down. Well, that's a good way to respect all of our Australians <laughs> and all of our Japanese and all of our and Europeans. All of our and, uh, they can figure it out. It's they, fine. They don't use miles. They can Google it. Well, anyone can Google it. That's what I'm saying. So they can do it. So rude. Do you know how many cyclists there are? Um, to start out? Yes. Is it constant? Uh, it's a pretty set number, yeah. 30,000 units. No. Uh, <laughs> it's way too many. Uh, 300 units. Close, but still too high. 260 units. Still too high. Two, about 200. Okay. And I say it's like pretty set because the 200 cyclists, and they say about because 200 units. Oh, yeah. How'd you know? I just knew. <laughs> but so there's 20 to 22 teams, and they each have nine riders. <laughs> what? But cyclemen are individuals. <laughs> That's so, like, the Tour de France is weird because it's a team sport and it's an individual sport. Is cycling always a team sport or is it just the Tour de France? Um, I think in, like, major races it's usually, it's a team sport. Um, is it a team sport in the Olympics? It depends, I think. On what? <laughs> Magic? I think, <laughs> I think the long road race that would be the equivalent of what these boys do, like, the closest thing, is not a team race. Mm-hmm. But I... I think in some of the velodromes, like the uh, race tracks they have, I think they have some that are um, like relays that I don't know. Do they like hand off a baton? A ton. Um, maybe. Talk? I don't know that they do relays. Like, I'm kind of assuming that they, they should, do. They should but. force them to carry things. <laughs> they carry a lot of things in the Tour de France. Um, Watermelons. They have snackies, like in their little pouches. Count right Um They care. No. They can't, like little. They're like little energy packs. <gasps> Cycle snacks. Cl- cliff bars. Yes. Little Scooby snacks. They carry like little cliff bars and like water bottles. How do they open them? They lean back and just pedal and use their hands. I hate it. They spend so much time on the bike, Kaylee. They could do a lot of stuff. They're wizards, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, but saying so, it's a team sport and an individual sport. So there are nine people on a team. Only ten to twenty riders are expected to have any chance of actually winning the Tour de France. It's terrible. Out of 200. So so most people go into this knowing they're not going to win. Like, And not even that they're not going to win, that they don't have a chance of winning the whole tour. So they're just there to make the Tour de France look more impressive <laughs> than it is. No. Um, mm, I mean, a real bad. So teams, teams are built around one person. I hate it. That one person that they hope will win. And everybody else is support. Have we talked about why I like checkers more than chess? <laughs> the opposite all of this. The, all the pieces are equal, because <laughs> Haley's communist. That's why she likes checkers. It's the opposite of this. Yep. So there's one most important person on your team. The tyrant. Right? No. Yes. <laughs> the, the potential winner. And the rest of the team is built around them for support, um, his, which involves his. mostly a lot of drafting. So being in front of them so they don't get tired and, like, changing out who's in front of them so they don't yes, get tired. Okay, so there's the the ruler and the, the stable of boys. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, oh, yeah, and the Tour de France is all men. And then 
the uh, they also will chase down breakaways, and I'll explain that to you in a minute. And they do other things, like they help them get um, like supplies if they need to, if the car is being slow, or like attention if they need it, and ride up to a car or whatever. There are also cars on the road with the bikes. What do they do? Some of them are like filming it, and some of them are. Um, they have like spare tires and water bottles and whatever. This sounds overly complicated. <laughs> we haven't even begun. <laughs> if you win, you get six hundred nine thousand five hundred twenty-five dollars, which is split with the team. It is good. Um, it says it's tradition to split it with your teammates, but I do think it's an actual requirement from the tour. <laughs> Like, I don't think they'd let you come back if you didn't split it. It's tradition for the rule to be happening. It's mandatory tradition. You must do it. Um, and we'll see later. The Tour de France is a lot about tradition. Um, <laughs> In the iron, iron-fisted, iron you have to do this. No, actually, there are a lot of things we'll talk about that you don't have to do, but are so heavily frowned upon that I can't possibly believe people would do it. Like elbowing people in the face? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> There's one story I'll tell you about when someone breaks this tradition, and I was just incensed. I was so furious and surprised that someone could possibly do this. How dare. And the announcers were so surprised and, like, just shocked that someone would do such a thing that will sound to everyone else like completely normal. <laughs> like, why would he not do that? Uh, cycleman. Okay, so they're all built around one rider and then everyone else's support, right? Like I said. Sure. So a few years ago, there was a team, I don't remember the name of the team, but the, what should we name them? It doesn't matter. It does um, matter. All my jokes are going to center around what we name them. Usually they're named after their sponsors. So it'll be like Team Garmin something. Taco Bell. Okay. Team so Taco Bell. Team Taco Bell. Their main man is Bradley Wiggins. I feel like I, I picked the wrong culture. For this team. <laughs> That'll be funnier that way. So Bradley Wh- Wiggins is the king of Team Taco Bell. Take care of Wiggins. Yes. But as the tour goes on, it becomes clear that Chris Froome, who was also on this team with Bradley that's Wiggins. Not, that's not a real person's name. It is. No. It sounds fake. Especially no. because he's a writer, because it sounds like Vroom or Zoom. No, these these are some kind of <laughs> warlocks. Okay, well, wheel warlocks. So Chris Vroom, it becomes clear that he's actually probably better than Bradley Wiggins. However, mm-hmm. Bradley Wiggins is the king of their team. Does he usurp? Uh, no, he is like. Because he's with Bradley Wiggins the whole time drafting for him, and a lot of that time he's there by himself. Mm-hmm. So he's working, like, twice as hard as Bradley Wiggins is, and he's still keeping pace with him the whole time. So they're like, wow, this guy's actually really good. And they're, mm-hmm. like, going up hills, and he's breaking um, the wind for them, and they're going down, and he's staying in front of him as much as possible until he goes off by himself, and then he's catching up right when they're at the bottom of the hill so that he can get in front of him again. And, like, everybody is like, wow, Chris Froome is really good, right? Um, because I think he was fairly new to the Tour de France. Like, I hadn't seen him before. Froome, Froome. Froome, Froome, Froome. He knew that Bradley Wiggins was the star of their team, and despite the fact that he could have outraced him on numerous occasions, he did not. Uh, and Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. Uh, uh, Cycleman. 
but the next year, Chris ended up on a different team. Froome? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Use their um, real names. <laughs> his first name. Um, Use their cycleman names. <laughs> so Froome ended up on a different team the next year, and um, he won. Uh, okay. He got to be their star, and he won the Tour de France. Hmm. But remember, they all split the check, so he still got paid equally the same amount as when he won um, mm. <laughs> the next year. I guess um, that's what matters. But not really. What matters in the Tour of France is, like, the prestige. That's what people want, right? Most of these writers don't get paid a lot to be here or might not get paid at all. Like, they get paid by their sponsors, but not a ton. Taco Bell doesn't pay them well? <laughs> that doesn't sound like Taco Bell. Taco Bell's not one of the actual sponsors. <laughs> they should have got sponsored by Wendy's. Yeah. That's, that's what Team Chris Froome <laughs> ended up on the next year. Ah, Wendy's. More okay. than meets the eye. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk to you about the gen- how the race generally goes, right? So you have 200 people who are starting um, at basically the same time, mm-hmm. right? So it's a big mass of riders. Um, and the largest group of riders... In the tour is called the Peloton. <laughs> That's not. I, this is some kind of D and D terminology. I mean, I don't even know where it comes from. I the have no Peloton, idea. and I didn't look it up because I don't really care. I do. <laughs> Where's my mouse? <laughs> I don't know. Small ball. Small ball. Because of the concentrated grouping of the back. Okay. Little ball, little ball, little, it's a little ball cyclist. Except for it's like a hundred and ninety of them. Probably such a little ball. Yeah, just a small um, ball. So at some point, this pretty much happens every single day of the Tour de France. At some point, somebody will get ballsy. A little ballsy. A little ballsy, and they will um, have a breakaway, is what it's called, which is where a couple riders just start riding significantly faster to get ahead. Hmm. And they might do this for a lot of reasons, um, but generally, you know, it's so that they can hopefully stay ahead long enough to gain time. Because the way you win the Tour de France is you do every day, your combined total at the end is the shortest amount of time for you Mm -hmm. to have done every leg of the race. So the person who crosses the finish line first might not be the fastest? Yes. So there's somebody who wins the stage every day, and that's the person who crosses the finish line first. Uh, there's somebody who gets the maillot jaune, or the yellow jersey, every day, and that's the person who's currently in first. Okay. And then at the end, there's someone who wins the race, who was the fastest overall. And the person with the yellow jersey has to remove it from his own back. No, you get and to keep crown it. the... New king. No, of they bikes. <laughs> they give you a new one. They don't want you to wear his sweaty yellow jersey he wore all day. <laughs> and people keep them. Like the writers keep them so they can be like, "Look, I got this in the Tour de France." Because for at some point during the Tour de France, I was in first, which is really impressive. Yeah, I did it. Like me. M- most people who ride the Tour de France, eighty percent of them will never have one of those because they have so many extras who aren't needed. <laughs> Um, but you also might break away for other reasons. Like, there are, there are three more jerseys you can win besides the the yellow one. The gold, the silver. No. The green. You will, green, yes. Then blue. Nope. Yellow, nope. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no. Uh, red. Nope. I mean, kind of, but no. 
Maroon. No. <laughs> Pink. Nope. Orange. No. We should go through all the colors. No, all the red ones. <laughs> it won't. Uh, just let me finish. Fuchsia. No. Okay. So there's green. Uh, purple. No. Stop. So there's green. Um. Can you guess what the green one's for? By color? Yeah. The most avaricious? The most jealous? No. <laughs> no. Um, the most... Uh, give you one more guess. Greedy. Well, that's like avaricious. Um, the, the most reptilian. No. Green is the sprinter jersey. So it's... Okay. There are certain points on certain stages. They'll have a big, like, flag thing over... Uh, your hand gestures like big rainbow. Yeah, a big rainbow. They call them they call them flags, but they're they're big um, rainbow like arches. Um, golden arches that will be the not golden. <laughs> that will be there for. It's, it's a point that you can get sprinter points at, is what they're called. So it's like a point in the race where you try to be the fastest to that spot, mm-hmm. and they're always on like flat planes because it's for sprinters. And then you get points. And I think, like, the first ten people get points. And then everybody else are like, eh, you weren't trying. Like, power-ups. Um, no. Mm. They just they just count up every day who has the most sprinter points, and that person gets the jersey. The green jersey. Because you're a fast boy. The green jersey. Um, so there's plenty of people who won't win the overall, but they could just win the green jersey overall. Mm. And they're very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Because that's still very impressive. There's also the white jersey. I'll give no. you two guesses. Most. No. Yep. Two. We gotta get through some stuff. Oh, no. Uh, the most valiant. Nope. The most cowardly. Uh, maybe. It's the uh, the youngest rider. Um, and not like youngest in age, but like youngest good rider, I should say, maybe. Um, oh, only the good ones. You can yeah. throw out the rest. <laughs> so the rider has to be under the age of 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and like who has who the sh- shortest time who's under 26? They get the white jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, How old is the average like cycling age? Um, like, I think it's like, around... When, like, when is people's prime in cycling? Um, I think it's around like 30. Okay. It's yeah. kind of an older sport. Yeah, like I told you, like Mark Cavendish, he just got knocked out, and I've seen him for like 15 years, and he's like 35. And he, personally, uh, is, I think, going for the goal of most stage wins in the Tour de France, so being crossing the finish line first, I've seen him do it many, many times, because uh, he has 30 wins, and the most, I think, uh, the record's like 34 or 35, so he's getting very close. <laughs> um, he might have even done it this year, except for he got knocked out by injury. By <laughs> um, injury mm-hmm, from someone specific, um, and there's the reason I said you were close with red. There's a uh, polka dot jersey, and it's white with red polka dots. That's not a color. That's not a color. No, all the other oh, ones are solid. <laughs> all the other ones are solid colors, oh, and then they're color. like polka dots. Oh no! Do you know what the polka dot jersey is for? I'll give you two guesses. <sighs> Silliest Frenchman. Nope. Heart of the cards? <laughs> no. <laughs> heart it's of, a, heart no, of the No, I said cy- two. Heart of the cycling? <laughs> it's a king of the mountain. Oh, so close. Nope. Heart of the cycling. That's not close at all. So like sprinter points, there are spots on hills specifically um, that are at the top of them where you sprint up to a hill to get points. 
Um, that sounds terrible. And the reason, yeah, <laughs> it's not fun. And the reason most people can't win the Tour de France overall is because most of them are sprinters and most of them aren't good at hills. <laughs> Seems like something you should get used to. Um, there's not a lot of stages in the Tour de France that are excessively mountainous until they get into, like, the Alps. Um, until you get to the Alps. <laughs> they'll, they'll spend a couple of days in the Alps That's every year. That's a terrible asterisk for not good at hills. <laughs> but they only spend, like, a day or two there. Only a day or two in the Alps. Yeah, compared to, like, 21 days. Like, they don't they don't spend a lot of time there. And usually the mountains aren't that bad. But, like, the the key to being a good racer that you can win the Tour de France is to be able to be able to sprint and be able to climb mountains, which most people cannot do both. That seems like an essential bit of tactic going in, like I should get better at hill at yeah. inclines. Well some oh, people I'm not oh well. Some people just aren't really built for it, I don't know. They also have days where they don't do like regular stages. They have time trials. So they have team time trials and they have individual time trials. Are these like separate events? Um, there's there are a couple of the days, okay. out of the twenty one days. Do those count as part of the race? They do. I don't understand. So there's what is this math? There's, there's like math. Involved? There's one day where you each individually do a time trial, and you just try to be as fast as possible that day, uh, which is where you can make up a lot of time from the previous days. And then there's days where you do a, t- a trial with your whole team. Oh, and also like you. Can, so someone wins the Tour de France, right? A person. A team also wins the Tour de France. Um, and it's not necessarily the team with the person who won. It's the team with the overall um, fastest time as a group. They will also win what the is, team what is prize happening? in the Tour de France. What is happening? It's a very complicated sport. Uh, despite just being boys on bikes and who finishes first wins. Kind of. Why would they do this? <laughs> it's so much. Oh, we talked a little bit about drugs and like how people dope we always Um, talk about i'm not it's true i'm not gonna talk about it a lot but i did want to just mention blood doping um because it's such like a weird thing and i know they do it in other sports but like it's a (laughs) i feel like it's more of a problem in cycling than it is in other sports a lot of the time where what you do is you you have someone take out your blood and then they separate your white and red blood cells, and then they just put back in your red blood cells so that you can carry more oxygen. I feel like swimming and cycling and maybe gymnastics are the only things I've ever heard of people blood doping on. Right. It's it's not... Because for most sports, it doesn't help you that much. Yeah, it's like, it's very it's very aerobic. Right. It has to, it has to be an aerobic sport. And, it's, it, and that's why, like, swimming and cycling make a lot of sense, because it's something mm-hmm. where you're constantly moving for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, like, and the seconds matter, right? Right. It's not like wrestling mm-hmm. or boxing. I don't know why I said wrestling. <laughs> sure. I mean, da, 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 da. <laughs> John Cena. Um, oh, um, like the, and the gaps in the Tour de France for who wins can be really, really small. Like I think they said, I read a fact on one of the articles I read that um, the shortest time that someone is won by is eight seconds. That's still a long time. Over twenty-one days, like it's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> They have to be really close to each other every time. Mm-hmm. And with the time trials. Like, that's crazy close. Mm. So I'm talking to you about how cycling is a gentleman's sport, Haley, mm. And especially in the Tour de France, as you would expect in France. Mm. 
Uh, do you know much about fencing, Haley? Because mm-hmm. it's it's similar in the idea of it. So do you know what you have to do before you get a point in fencing? Before you get a touch? Have to announce your intent? You do. You have to extend your arm to show someone, I am going to stab you. If you don't extend and you hit them, you don't get a point. So if you come like with your arm crooked and then just stab straight at them, you will not get a point. But you will kill them. <laughs> so Except for who's, who's the winner now? <laughs> who's the winner now, dead man? <laughs> That's a very non-French attitude. <laughs> and the whole point of fencing was that they wouldn't die anymore, but could still prove that they were cool with swords. <sighs> Cycling is similar, right? So you don't want to win the Tour de France because someone else's bike broke or somebody fell or somebody just like had a bad day you want to beat them at cycling because you're better than them not because they had a bad day <sighs> yes you yeah. want to you want to beat them because you're faster than them and well, you've proven you're faster than them well that's like all uh, good sports right but the the tour de france takes it to a kind of extreme so i'm going to tell you a story about alberto contrador and andy schleck in 2010 uh, I believe Alberto Contador is Spanish, uh, and Andy Schleck is from Luxembourg. Schleck. Uh, Andy Schleck is my favorite writer. He's now retired, but that will explain also why this upset me so greatly. So this is in 2010, and um, Andy Schleck is currently in the lead. He has the Maillot Jean, the yellow jersey, and he we're, we're getting down on days. Like They only have like five or six more days, and he is very likely expected to win. They don't. Like, he's doing very well, and nobody, like the the announcers, the British announcers that I listen to, who used to be in the race, or like journalists who only wrote about cycling themselves. Oh, good show. Um, they definitely don't think anyone can beat him at this point because he's in such like high form, and um, because there's just so little time left. And so Andy is riding with the Peloton, and his chain breaks on his bike. So he has to get a new bike, um, which takes a bit. Like, it takes a little while for your team car to get there and to give you a new bike. Because with a broken chain, you cannot go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bikes do not function. And so he just has to sit there and wait. Um, his, one of his teammates might give him a bike, um, but he also, I think, wasn't next to his teammates at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's what your teammates are for. Sacrifice themselves for you. Throw them on the fire for you. Throw themselves on the bike for you. Mm-hmm. Throw themselves off the bike for you. Yes. In that through, moment. Through the heart. <laughs> With the heart of the cards. Mm-hmm. Um. Heart of the bikes. Of the wheels. Heart of the wheel. <laughs> heart of the chain. The heart of the wheel is with me. <laughs> so, uh, he used to wait. And the, um, sportsmanly thing to do is for the peloton to slow down. So whoever's in front of the peloton will start going slower, and then everyone will go slower oh until my he can catch back up. Oh, this is not good for me. Until he can catch back up. Hell with you, man. We're going to go. <laughs> um, That's so many people sacrificing their better times for this one dude. It's a gentleman's sport, Haley. No. So the peloton does slow down and does wait for him, but Alberto Contrator does not. I mean, how... He's how, in second. How slow does everyone else need to go? They don't go significantly slower, like maybe a couple miles slower, um, just so that it'll be easier for him to catch up because he's 100% capable of catching them. That people, uh, that that large of a group of riders riding in unison is not very fast as a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're able to keep a steady enough speed that they can usually catch breakaways like 80 to 90% of the time, but they aren't going super fast compared to like one person. 
Um, and I think they were even going downhill, and it's so much easier as one person to catch up downhill. His chain breaks, he's waiting, and Alberto Contador, instead of waiting, who's in second, and the appropriate thing to do would be to wait, to go slower, oh, and I let like, him catch up. It's like making me anxious every time you say that. He just takes off as fast as he can. Mm-hmm. The people in the peloton are confused, the announcers are shocked that he would possibly do such a thing. How dare he? And um, that day... Because of that move, he gains 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and gets into first. And I think it's like four or five days later, they finish, and Alberto Contador finishes in first by exactly 30 seconds. There you go. And people, including me, are just incensed. Tough luck, Andy. Better luck next time. Except... Of course, Alberto Contrador was on drugs. Oh, wow. And so he wins the Tour de France, and then it's proven that he's on drugs. He gets it taken away from him, and Andy gets first place. Better luck next time, Dober. Suck it! And I'm like, dude, you were on drugs, and mm-hmm. you were a dick, and you still, like, couldn't beat him unless you, like, <laughs> unless he had a problem. You're on drugs, and you still can't beat him, like... You're not having a good time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, later he apologized on YouTube. He was like, "I'm sorry, that was mean," and I was like, "Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> you already got yours <laughs> because you were doping. No one you cares. were doping. Yeah, and he got suspended from the Tour de France. Obviously, I don't think he's suspended anymore, but I also think he's retired. And he retired not too long after that. And I'm like, "Well, once you win." <laughs> Uh, but that was a historic moment because that's the first time that because um, Andy and Frank Schleck both finished on the podium. You finish on the podium if you're in the top three. They were um, two and three, um, but then because Alberto was uh, doping, they were one and two. But no uh, siblings ever finished on the podium before. So, congrats, mm-hmm. boys. Um, I only know half these people by their first names. Because that's how Alexis refers to them. Yep, Andy and Frank. Oh, let me tell you about Andy. I'm like, who is Andy? Andy's great. And now he owns a bicycle shop in Luxembourg. That's cute. It's very cute. So I'm going to tell you about peeing, Haley. Mm, this is what I've been waiting for. How do these boys pee? Okay, so for for reference for our listeners, my sport, because that's what I did in high school, it's like the only one I care about, mm-hmm. is swimming. Right. So every time Alexis mentions a mechanic, I think about swimming. So the idea of, like, everyone's slowing down if (laughs) one person's not having a good time, like, hurts me internally. (laughs) Because it's all about fast. Beat them, beat them fast. Then Alexis mentions, I want to talk about pee. How do they pee? I'm like, I mean. You just pee. Just do it. No. No one's going to know. It's an Olympic-sized pool. No one cares. No. It's chlorinated. They can't just pee. (laughs) Just pee. No one mentions it, but you need to go ahead. Right. Just pee. Just go ahead. No. So, I looked this up because I didn't actually know. Uh, I'm sure I've watched the tour where they talked about it before because they always, like, mention these things. It's like, Talking about pee sounds like an ungentlemanly thing to discuss. Sure. Um, But they're British announcers. They're not French, so it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> and as we know, <laughs> Brits are not gentlemen. <laughs> Shout out England in this episode. <laughs> if, so, they, if they want to defend themselves, they can start listening. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently you can't, as a man, you cannot pedal and pee at the same time. It's not possible, physically. Why not? I don't know. That's what the internet told me. So they have to wait for, like, a downhill? That's what Bicycling.com told me. No. So what they do 
is the leader of the pel- of the race currently, who's in the Mayojon in the yellow jersey, um, tells the peloton that it's time for a pee break. And then people just stop and they get to the side and they pee. What? And if you don't have to pee, you just keep going kind of slow and then they'll catch up. What the hell is this sport? <laughs> what the hell? So every day they probably have like one or two pee breaks because they're riding for like five hours at least. So This makes me sad because it completely gets rid of the image of just like a bunch of men in unison just like getting out their wieners and peeing into bottles. No, yep. On the go. They just hop off their bikes and pee. The sport of men on the go. And I have a Out, I, here they get their bottles. I have a quote for, <laughs> for you from uh, from the website where I learned this. And it says, uh, you can always stop at the side of the road, like, anytime you want. Uh, you don't have to do it as a group. But make sure you're out of view of spectators or you risk getting fined like TJ Van Garderen did on the stage four of this year's Tour de France. Which I don't think was actually this year. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. TJ Van Garderen currently is probably, or I don't know if he's in the race this year, but he was like America's hope for being good again at cycling. Um, but he got caught peeing and then got fined. <laughs> Can't you win and get fined? And I was like, oh, TJ, you can. And I was like, oh, TJ. It had to matter. Be, it had to be the American guy. <laughs> They're like, we can see your butt. Stop peeing there. Stop pulling your pants all the way down. What are you doing? Cycling is a spectator sport. Stop it. I feel like they should have a little, like, a... Uh, don't know. Opening. Like long johns. So you don't have to take off the whole... I mean, they probably do. The whole thing. But he still got caught peeing. People could see him. Spectators could see him. Children potentially could see him peeing. So they were like, nope. Everyone pees. <laughs> yeah, but you need to whip it out in front of people who are uh, expecting it. Also, I'm a little disappointed uh, that, like, catheter pouches aren't a thing. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to me that they're not because they do have team cars, so it's not like they'd have to, like, throw them on the side of the road or something to get rid of the weight. They could just give them to the team car. It'd be, like, the weirdest collectible for fans. Oh, it's so gross. I, uh, I'd look some of this up, but I don't want Tour de France peeing on my Google search history. That's fair. <laughs> I don't want to um, know what results I get. They something do. terrible. Fans do collect, so... There aren't fans lining the race the whole time, obviously, because I told you they ride 105 miles a day. They're not, like, riding people, like, waiting up in the Alps. No, but there's lots of people who do spectate every year. Like, they think it's, like, millions of people. Um, so, like... Because there's so many stages and there's so many areas. Like, where are we, where are we watching? There were, like, tents on the side of the road and people, like, get up and watch Yeah, them basically. Like, there, you'll just kind of pick a spot and then um, people will stand up and cheer, yell their favorite pe- writer's names when they go by. Um, and then, I mean, you know, that'll be for, like, maybe, like, if the whole... If there's a breakaway, the Peloton and people off the back, that might be for, like, five minutes. I really want to go. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, man. I mean, the trip would be nice. It's not like that's sure. all that you would go for. No, right. You're still in, you're still in summer in France, so that's great. Um, or, I mean, they also go in the surrounding country sometimes. Like the Peloton goes by and you're like, well, time to go home. Time to go. Well, um, I guess that's all there is to it. Back to America. There's nothing else to do here in this <laughs> garbage place. That's Shout a, out France. This garbage country. And they'll go into neighboring countries sometimes. Also garbage. Like a couple years ago, they started in England, which is confusing because then they have to take a boat. Oh, yes. Cycle across the, the channel. No, they didn't. Yes. I thought that, I was like, are they going to cycle in the channel? I don't think you can do that. The, ch- the channel? Yeah. The channel tunnel. 
between uh, England and France. Such a terrible. It's a terrible name, but that's what it is. Um, No, I want them to just like, just like bike balls to the wall right into the water and just cycle underneath on the floor of the ocean. Just like get an oxygen mask (laughs) and just go for it. Uh, But sometimes they start in Switzerland. They'll start, there was one year they started in Corsica. And so they did like a lap around Corsica basically. And then they had to take a boat to France. Um, just to, like, make it interesting and exciting. Like, my dad and I'll be like, ooh, where are they starting this year? What's the plan? <laughs> Not joking. So weird. I'm going to talk to you about accidents. We're going to do this about accidents. Are we still talking about peeing? Quotation fingers. No, peeing's over. Okay. Time for accidents. Peeing is over. Time for accidents. <laughs> Crashes. What a good uh, ad campaign. <laughs> I don't know what for. I'm going to pretend sure. ignorance. Sure. Who knows um, what it could be for? No one knows. Uh, so, so one of the big things about all racing sports is accidents, right? Like, people watch NASCAR kind of hoping that there will be a car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep down, people just want blood. They do. And there's schadenfreude. You know, like, when other people are suffering, it's funny or entertaining to you. It is. Um, and there's lots of uh, sports built around just that concept. I, I um, exist, live, and breathe on the concept of schadenfreude. Right. Yeah. It's great. Uh, which is, if people don't know, if, they're, if you're not German or you don't know the concept, it's getting pleasure out of other people's suffering. Yeah. Confirm or deny German listeners. Yeah. There's a few I mean, of you. I mean, I already know it's true. like two of you. Yeah. Talk to us. There's at least like 3.5 Germans. <laughs> who listen to this podcast. Statistically, like 3.5 of you. So I'm going to talk to you about Johnny Hoogerland. No. Why is no, there's no, like, if your name is Smith... <laughs> Mohammed, you're not allowed in. <laughs> you're not allowed into this race. It's like you, you need to change your name no, to you are. Wiggle Wombs you, you just or something. To, you just have to be good enough. No. So Johnny Hoogeland is Dutch, and he gets in the worst crash I've ever seen. Normally, crashes in the Tour de France are, like, they're often in the Peloton, and somebody just falls down. Mm-hmm. But because they are so close together, like within inches of each other at all times, it will knock like 15 to 30 people down. I, every time. I can't watch. It's so close. They just fold like a house of cards. There should be huge lane dividers between every person <laughs> to be safe. Over the entirety of France. Yes. <laughs> Everyone gets their own lane. No. No touching nope. each other. It's part of the, uh... No pee breaks. It's part of the danger. I hate it. <laughs> Haley hates my favorite sport. <laughs> it's so, so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Johnny Hoogland <laughs> is riding down the road. It's a very skinny road, because these are, like, back roads in, like, nowhere France. Is he in the peloton? Or is he's not. Mm-hmm. He's in a breakaway, um, because he's trying to get the king of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's a mountainous stage. Um, so he's already broken away from the group, and he's hoping to get to the top first. Because uh, he's actually very close to getting the King of the Mountain. I think he just has to get to the top first or second, and then he will uh, be in the polka dot jersey the next He'll day. He'll win a nice, terrible polka dot shirt. Yes. And prove to everyone how cool he is. Look at how cool I am. I get the polka dot. Hey. Oh, my gosh. So, he's driving down the road. Uh, there's one other rider with him. And a car. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, I think two cars because there's one um, car that's filming, so there's a camera car, or it could be someone on a motorcycle because they do that too. Um, and then there's a team car, I think, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that person's about to get fired forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love, it's like a voiceover. That man <laughs> is about to get fired. I'm going to tell you the future. That man's going to get fired. <laughs> like and, and I'm sure not only fired, but banned from even watching the Tour de France for the rest of his life. You're not even allowed to, anytime you turn the channel, <laughs> someone's going to arrest you. <laughs> Someone's going to bang We're on your gonna door. watch your house for the rest of your life. We're going to watch you, sir. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because the people in charge of the Tour de France are real intense. This is a gentleman's sport, and we will watch you. Yep. We know where you sleep. So, they're driving along the road, and the road has kind of a like very small turn in it. Because there's a tree that just happened to be growing right where they're putting their. What kind of weird, lazy infrastructure planning is that? This is like in the country in France. The car is clearly not paying attention <laughs> because they almost run straight into that tree. Uh-huh. And I'm watching this with my dad, and I'm like, "Oh crap! Like, they're I'm gonna watch a car crash in the Tour de France. I'm about to see someone die. No, I'm gonna see something much worse. Mm-hmm. So the de- there's something worse than death. This is a gentleman's sport. <laughs> Dignity is lost. No, not death. Our honor is lost. I meant worse than a car crash. At the last second, this whoever's driving this car sees that there's a tree that he's about to run straight into and swerves to get out of the way um, and just so lightly taps the wheel of one of those two riders, right? He should have just taken the death. But that rider is going like 30 to 40 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And he domino falls into Johnny Hoogerland, who falls into a barbed wire fence Ooh. on the side of the road. Ouch. I'm going to warn you, there's a worse <laughs> picture I'm about to show you of what happened to him. She just showed me a, a website of the crash, and he looked, it's, it's almost uh, comical, because there's no, like, blood or anything. He's just, like, his feet are in the air. Yeah. It's just it's just him having fallen into the barbed wire fence. Yeah. but um, This is going to show you a lot of his butt. There's, uh, but the, the website said, ouch. Yep. <laughs> it says, um, Tour de France crashes. Ouch. <laughs> it's so, um, uh, the levity. see a lot of Johnny Hoogerland. Oh, nice. His, it's his uh, left leg is just shredded, like, consistently up his, up I, to his butt. I am all about his tan lines. <laughs> He's got some deep tan lines because and, of uh, his, his uniform. I mean, if anything, those are just racing stripes. Your butt still looks amazing. Right, but he's, he's, now he's considerably bleeding. Um, I think he ends up having to get at least 30 stitches, um... Butt but, stitches. <laughs> but. But you know what Hoogland does? Uh, which one is that? The one who is in the fence? Mm-hmm. He gathers his team and says, I must make your strength my strength. His team's not there. He's in a breakaway. Uh, it's him and one other person. He's not on the same team. Well, the rest of the race will have slowed down. No, they're or, they're ahead. They don't even know this happened to him. Oh, they'll know with their psychic gentleman <laughs> senses. They'll know. Okay. Uh, they'll slow down, and he'll have to consume one of his team players to get their blood, which is an acceptable <laughs> form of blood doping because someone has lost blood. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think I'm getting the handle on this sport. No, you're not. <laughs> so what happens is Johnny Hoogland, um gathers himself, gets back on his bike, and he wins King of the Mountain that day. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I was so vastly impressed that someone is getting up right after having been thrown into a barbed wire fence that I was like, Johnny Hoogerland is my hero today. I mean, it probably looks worse than it is. Maybe, but like, that's rough. And then he has to sit on it, all of that, and he's bleeding. 
And I'm like, he he does not have the doctors check him out. He just goes. He's like, nope, I have to do things. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that the most common injury, um, like, that will knock you out of the Tour de France, um, is a broken collarbone. Hmm. Because you go right over the bars, usually, whenever you hit something. Right. And you just hit right on your chest. Um, and as you can see from his lack of shorts, then they're wearing, like, what they're wearing is almost nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help you at all when you fall. It is like paper. It just shreds right. immediately. And especially in a barbed wire fence, it's just gone. Um, because they're trying to be as fast as possible, right? So they got to wear as little as possible. I'm surprised they don't wear more. Well, I don't know. Once again, swimming. Mm-hmm. So it was in fashion, um... A few years ago, uh, I'd like to have the full body suits. Right. Because it reduced drag, or that was the thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't do this. They have uh, people to reduce drag just to sit in front of them. That's true. So it's different. They have people to fall on the wind for them. So now I'm talking about the elbow this year. Um, so Peter Sagan is his name. Okay. Was a writer. Um, and he still is, I guess. He's not in the Tour de France. <laughs> he was. We killed him. He was. Bye. He didn't win, so we killed him. <laughs> so he, uh, Mark Cavendish, I already talked about, is one of the people that I know by name. Mm-hmm. I don't know most of the people in the Tour de France because there's 200 riders, and a lot of them won't be in next year, or they won't do anything of significance, and anyone will talk about them, and I will never hear their name. Um, I know Mark Cavendish because he's won 30 stages. He sounds like someone who has at one point played Superman. (laughs) He has not played Superman. Uh, I believe he's uh, English. Well, I should hope so with a name like that. He kind of looks like Mac from It's Always Sunny. So this year, Peter Sagan got um, disqualified from the Tour de France. Which is weird, because that doesn't happen very often. Usually, people drop out because they get hurt. And that's how you lose people. Which is like, you'll usually lose, I think, like 10 to 20 riders a year. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, uh, blood consumption. Sure. Sacrifices. Yeah. Trees. Whatever. Cars. Yeah. Dark rituals. Barbed wire fences. Moose. Um, lots of things. But um, usually not because they were aggressive towards another rider. I've actually never seen that happen. Um, and this year, Peter Sagan was disqualified for elbowing Mark Cavendish at, at the very end of a stage. <laughs> Is that the one where we watched? It's we like, did watch did it. Did he do it on purpose? Like, his elbow just, like, pokes out suddenly. Right. It was no other point <laughs> to do that. It's It was hard to tell from, like, certain angles. And it's it's a hard argument to make because, like... He doesn't outright, like, grab it and stab into him, right? Mm -hmm. But he does, he, at the beginning, is behind Mark, gets in front of him, and then you see his elbow come out, and then Mark falls down. Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of people were mad about it, like, commenting about how it looked like Mark was already falling down, and they don't think that that had anything to do with it, Um, which is true. It kind of does look like that, but I'm like, he might have just, like, slipped and, like, been scared because he saw an elbow in front of him. Um, but anyway, it was a significant enough crash at the very end when people are going the fastest that Mark fell down and then was run over immediately by two other riders. And I told you, they're not wearing anything. <laughs> no. And they're, and they're going like, at that point, they're going at least 35 miles an hour, mm-hmm. right? They're as fast as they can because they want to get to that end first. 
So he gets run over by two riders who then, of course, also fall down because their bikes are not meant to go over giant human speed bumps. Um, Nothing is meant to go over human speed bumps. Right. And so, uh, yeah. Except for motorcycles. So Peter Sagan got disqualified, and Mark Cavendish uh, is out on injury, so he's not going to be in this year's Tour de France, which is like, I've, he's been in it since, I think, 2008. Was that not the Tour de France? No, it was. That they were in? Yeah, but he's out now because of his injuries from that crash. Yeah. Uh, he can't ride his bike anymore. Oh, I thought that was like the end of the race. No. Okay. This, we're, it's like stage six or something. Oh, okay. It's pretty early right now. Sure. So, yeah, he's he's out for this year, which I've never seen that happen with him. I've never seen him be out for injury, so it's crazy. So there's one more um, accident I want to talk about, and that's in 2012. Um, they had a few riders. They were It was raining, and they're going downhill, so it's very likely that they're going to have some bad crashes. So they're warning them and, like, be be as careful as you can. And then one of the riders, I don't remember who, it might have been Chris Froome, um, he gets a flat tire. And so he has to stop and he has to get a new tire. And so Mm -hmm. they just, like, change it really quick. They have really quick, like, put on, like, release tires, you know. Um, And so it takes them, like, maybe 10 seconds. Like a pit crew. (laughs) And then he's going again. Um, And he rides for another, like, maybe 100 feet, uh, and then he's flat tire again. No! And he's like, what the hell? And so they just give him a new bike. What the hell, Pit Because they're like, maybe it has something to do with your bike. Um, And then in another couple hundred feet, he's got a flat tire again. Like, maybe it's you. And this is at the (laughs) time... No. (laughs) Maybe you're the problem. This is, like, near the top of the hill that they're about to go down, a very steep hill with, like, big turns and switchbacks in it. Uh, it turns out they, like, investigate. I think they had to stop the Peloton from going because they were worried people were going to get hurt, like, in that area. So they, like, stop the race, and then they go look, and it turns out that someone had thrown down carpet tacks. What? Yeah. Wait, so he was in the front? He was in the front. Okay. Yeah. Like, how did everyone else avoid the tacks? Yeah. (laughs) No. They didn't. They stopped the race so they would avoid them because they were worried someone was going to die. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And it, yeah, it turns out someone had spread carpet tacks up at the top of a hill on a rainy day when they were going to go down and just kill themselves. Yeah. Um, and I, my favorite, like, there was a quote about it from the, like, tour officials or whatever, the board. And one of them said, um, they were, of course, they're, ex- like, furious. And they're like, we're going to figure out who this is. Like, we already have the police here. Um, like, this is horrible. People could have died. We're going to find you. And my favorite quote was, this isn't a football match, okay? <laughs> uh, like, in a football match, if somebody threw out carpet tacks, they'd be like, well, this isn't England. <laughs> France has football matches, too. <laughs> France really likes soccer, too. Uh, but it, it, it's, it feels like such an English dig. <laughs> Because it is France saying it. It might be. This is the national sport of England. This is our sport. This is a French sport. This is a proper gentlemanly sport, and you will not murder our people. (laughs) No murder here. Uh, I want to tell you about a few people's uh, strategies over the years. Stratagems. I love Stratagems. So, and we talked about this already, but in 1904, Maurice Guérin uh, won, but he was disqualified because he took the train. Oh. That was the first year of the Tour de France. How do you get caught? Well, it was the first year. He hadn't perfected his uh, technique yet. Right. But he just rode his bike onto the train and then got there first. I'm just... 
like an animated like segment, just like she just pedals right up onto it, <laughs> You're right? And just like looking at eating a steak, looking at his watch. Well, I better get back get, my bike. Getting a cup of wine, yeah, cup of vino, sure. Um, and then in 1947, uh, Jean Robic uh, used lead-filled water bottles to weigh him down for downhill. Which I'm assuming had to be... I mean, he wasn't holding them the whole time, obviously, because that would slow him down entirely. So, like, that's terrible. So someone had to be there ready for him at the hill to be like, here you go. <laughs> Let's trade some... Give you some new water bottles. Here are your ballasts, <laughs> sir. Uh, so the Tour de France has recorded four deaths over I'm, the entirety of its existence. I'm surprised. It's pretty low um, since it's been going on since 1904. So it's more than 100 years. I really want to look up how many deaths there have been in uh, professional swimming. <laughs> or like deaths. Uh, Gymnast deaths. Yeah. Sprinting deaths. Well, um, marathon deaths, I suppose. How many deaths from football concussions. <laughs> yeah, good. Now I'm, uh, now I'm curious about running marathon deaths. Mm. It's like they go to some weird places. That's gotta be, there's got to be a lot of there's, those. There's got to be at least a few, you it's think. There's got to be a lot. If only from, like, oh, that one outlier man who had a heart attack and they never found his body or something. Right. Um, so Fabio, these aren't in order. Um, Fabio. Uh, Fabio Casartelli uh, crashed uh, going 88 kilometers per hour. That's, that's why you don't do that. I don't know how many miles that is. While descending in 1995. Um, so he was going down a hill 88 kilometers per hour and crashed and died. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom Simpson died of a heart attack after taking amphetamines and attempting to climb the Alpe du Huez in 1967. So he was in the Alps. He was trying to win. Uh, where did he die? Climbing better. Heart attack. I'm sure. Because of the amphetamines. Yeah, that. His heart exploded. <laughs> uh, in 1935, Francisco Cepeda uh, suffered a Tour de France crash into a ravine. Oh, no. And, oh, no. Uh, the earliest death is in 1910. Adolf Hellier uh, managed to, <laughs> it's it's written, managed to er, drown? Um, <laughs> and then it says, uh, it was during one of the rest days, apparently. We're not sure that he was drinking at the time, but... Uh, we, we hope so. We hope so. Because, what up? <laughs> he managed to uh, drown? <laughs> Was he on his bike? <laughs> no. He, it was a rest day, so no. He, he tried to do what I recommended. He tried to do the channel. <laughs> but it was 1910, and, like, the best they would have yeah. had for underwater breathing was probably, like, a diving bell. A very long, uh, very long tube. The problem with those is that they only work, uh, like, over certain distances after right. that. Like, the pressure's too much. Yeah. Um, so he probably just, he didn't plan. No. But he was drinking because he's like, you know, I got this. My name is Adolf, and I got this. So it, it being 1910, and that name had not been out a lot yet. That's fair. I'm going to tell you about some funny moments um, that I've some seen. Some funny moments. Funny moments that I've seen over the years. Your sport um, is very funny. It's pretty great. So <laughs> one of the years when Lance Armstrong was racing, mm-hmm. um, I saw him. So they, they have water bottles. We were talking earlier about pee being a souvenir. <laughs> Weird. And I was like, I'll get to it. Um, <laughs> one moment. But not pee, water bottles. Okay. So when famous riders, they, they'll drink a butt ton of water, obviously. And when they get rid of one, they'll just throw it to the side <laughs> because they have people who will come in after and clean them up. Um, but sometimes they throw them and they're like, be spectators there. And usually they try to look and throw it so that they don't hit anybody. 
Um, and people will keep those as souvenirs. They're like, oh, this Lance, you know, use this water bottle. He, he touched this. this with his right. lips. This has his, his precious DNA. And now I will touch it with my lips. <laughs> and we will be kissing. <laughs> we will be bike kissing. <laughs> mm, bike um, kissing. Yes. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> no. But one time I saw Lance, and, and it's Lance Armstrong. He was, like, the man in cycling, right, at the time. And he he drinks his water bottle, finish it, throws it, and then I see a few seconds later, someone threw it back at him what? and hit him in the head. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? And I mean, it's an empty water bottle. He's wearing a helmet, <laughs> so it's fine. But I just see it go, Toof, and he's like, ugh. And he stays up, and he's okay. That's, but it's crazy. That's hilarious. Um, I'm going to show you. <laughs> They're like, hell no. I'm going to show you some videos real quick. This don't one litter. is called Dog Crash. Aww. But don't worry, it won't make you too unhappy. These pink boys. They're so cute. I know. They're on the same team. You and they're, they're smiling. They're like, hi, brother. Having a happy day. Oh, no, puppy, no. <laughs> puppy, no. Don't, puppy, no, puppy. <laughs> no, puppy. Oh, but he's okay. Oh, he's fine. He's like, that was weird. <laughs> I like that. Oh, well. Look at his tail. But did you see that wheel just collapse <laughs> on itself? Like, that wheel had, part of that wheel, like, it's flat, and then it was like, <laughs> Straight up. That, that wheel was making a 90 degree angle. <laughs> Their wheels are very soft. The, I mean, I think they're designed. Or that, that was like a crumble. powerhouse lab. It was like, come <laughs> at me. No. Poppy. But I remember that, and like almost all the comments in this are like, either he looks like he feels bad with the dog, which it does, <laughs> or they're like, where is your owner, you sick, terrible person? How dare you? Are they talking to the dog? I hope they are. Yeah. You sick, terrible well, no, person. They're, they're to the owner of the dog. <laughs> They're like, where the hell are you? I love that the dog is feels bad because dogs only want everyone to be happy, and they're right. like, oh no, did I was do I it? not supposed to cross the street right now? <laughs> I thought it was okay. I don't understand. Love me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so cute. But like, how weird is it if you're that rider? You're like, and a dog, uh, and a dog crash. It's like, <laughs> it's like he's. So with all the sounds I was making, uh-huh. that's what that cyclist was thinking. No puppy. No, no, no puppy. No puppy. <laughs> As he falls over, puppy. And I love that the uh, everyone else was able to dodge the dog, but not that guy. He was too close. He was. It was. Yeah, he was too close. He couldn't see probably the dog through all the other riders, and then the, it was like just perfect timing. No one expects the Labrador. <laughs> And, and, like, it hits the dog, the dog kind of lays down, and the man just goes straight over it. Onto his butt. The dog is fine. I love how fine the dog the is. The dog just gets right up. He's like, I'm sorry. Oh, no. His tail's wagging. And he's, like, got his head leaned down, and he looks sad, like, so, I made a mistake. Someone on the sidelines immediately, like, starts petting him, like, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. We all make mistakes. It's fine. I understand. And I'm sure the writer wasn't mad either, besides, like, hey, take care of your dog, please. Right. Because he doesn't look like he was hurt either. He just kind of laid on his butt. He's probably annoyed because he has to wait for a new tire or a new bike, but... But the race will wait. I mean, uh, probably not then. I look like they're in a breakaway. Uh, you know that movie, Amelie? Yes, I haven't seen that, but yeah. Uh, but there's a segment where they watch videos of, like, a horse in a race. Okay. Is that the Tour de France, or is it just a random race? I don't know. Uh, is it a cycling race? Yeah. Oh. Um, could be multiple. There are a few major ones. It's probably the Tour de France, since it's the most famous, and that movie's French. That was the Tour de France, yeah. There it goes. I can't imagine it's not. 
Look at it go. <laughs> yeah, you'll notice that there aren't, like, railings everywhere to keep the spectators from the actual sport. Because it's just on random streets. Sure. So, like, a lot of times oh weird things will happen like that. Yeah, like, there'll just be a horse running with people. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That horse is like, I'm going to do it. Does it tell you? Uh, oh, no, they're in the Criterium International, is what it says. Look at him. He's so happy. He loves it. He's like, let's race all the time. I have race buddies. Yay. Look at race buddies. Okay, I have one more, I have one more <laughs> video to show you. Okay. Um, so sometimes when they're on, especially when they're going uphill, mm-hmm. um, there's not, like I said, there's not railings. There's nothing keeping them off of the road besides just, like, general decency. And not everybody is generally decent. And so but sometimes... It's, but it's a gentleman's sport. Yeah, but that doesn't mean the spectators are gentlemanly. Oh, I see. And sometimes they'll get on the road. Sometimes uh, they have tourists. Yeah. And usually they're like still, even when they're on the road, they're still fairly respectful. It's like there'll be one guy in the breakaway at going to the top of the hill. And they'll go and they'll like cheer him on and they'll run with him. Because he's pretty slow, right? Going uphill mm, on his bike that. compared oh. to how you can run. Especially when he's been doing it all day. I hate how claustrophobic cycling makes me feel. Like, don't touch me. Don't right. touch me. Don't touch they usually me. don't touch anybody, but they'll get close to him. No, that's um, too close. And they kind of just have to tune them out and ignore them. Like I, sometimes when, when I'm riding a bike at like two miles an hour. Right. I get I get spooked if like something even gets close to me. I'm like, don't. Right. If something's in a couple feet of you, you're worried it's going to knock you down. Don't. Because it's so easy mm-hmm. to knock you down. And especially with their very lightweight bikes and everything, very easy to knock you down. They're basically made of paper and you, yeah. meat. <laughs> you saw how <laughs> how that, that uh, wheel folded like a house of cards. <laughs> like, that's not how wheels work. <laughs> what is this made they're, of? They're designed to be collapsible. So, they, cause, so they'll hurt them less. It looks like they're riding a bike where the wheels are made out of like balloon animal balloons. Right. And we'll we'll uh we'll post these videos. But sometimes these spectators will get too close. And um if they do, sometimes this happens. Uh, this is Chris Froome. I hope they get punched in the face. Uh, this video is called Chris Froome Punch a Spectator. Yes. <laughs> yes. Twenty sixteen Tour de France. Show me the punch. So it's this guy right here. Yes. This way I'll show you oh. again. People will do this, though. They'll run along, they'll yell, whatever. Just watch him punch this guy right in the face. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, He's like, this is where I got punched. Um, By Chris Froome. (laughs) Most of the commenters are like, that was great. That was amazing. Watch this in slow motion. (laughs) Let's see it again from another angle. My dad and I are watching the Tour de France, which is a thing we often do together. The reason I like the Tour de France is because I used to watch it with my dad all the time. Um, during the summer when I was the young. truth come out. Mm-hmm. My dad uh, is the reason for a lot of like my interests in life, like history too, which this comes into play in this. So we're watching the Tour de France, uh, and I think they're on the final stage in Paris, which is where they always end, of course. And they're riding down the Champs Elysees, and the last day is very relaxed; like nobody's even trying to get time. It's just a nice bike ride with friends. That sounds like the opposite of a sport. <laughs> so if you've if you've won, like if you're in the lead the day before, you're gonna win. Like the last day literally doesn't matter. Which yeah, is weird. But so they're riding down the Champs Elysees and uh, you know past the Arc de Triomphe and everything is beautiful. And then my dad says, "What is that?" And pauses it and points at the screen. And I look at it and I say, um, "Looks like an obelisk." And he was like. What's wrong with these French people having an obelisk there? And I'm like, Dad, we have an obelisk. 
Um, for people who we don't... Have, we have many obelisks. It's true, but we have one main one. And for people who don't know, that's the Washington Monument yeah. in Washington, D.C., our capital, is a, like, white obelisk. Yeah. Um, Was it one of the ones they stole from Egypt? <laughs> yes. Well, not really stole, but we'll they get to it. stole it. it. <laughs> no, no, they actually didn't. Um, oh, they, this was one of the borrowed ones? Given. Mm. Gifted. They're like, here, this is what a gift is. It's when you give something with consent. <laughs> That's true. You monsters. But so my dad, I, I tell my dad, um, we have obelisks, Dad. Like, the Washington Monument is an yeah. obelisk. Mm-hmm. And my dad says, not with fake Egyptian writing on it. Fake Egyptian writing. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm going to look it up. Oh, does the Washington Monument have Egyptian writing in it? It does not, no. That's but I'm going to look up where this obelisk is coming from. That's sure. what I was saying. Because I'm like, I really doubt the French put up an obelisk that has fake Egyptian writing on it. That's so weird and not French. <laughs> it just, uh, I will. No. no. The French thing would be to steal it. No, the French thing would be to, like... I feel like not have another, like, not to fake another person's culture. That's that's believing that somebody has better culture than France. And that's just not true if you're French. So I can't imagine. No, because they've already stole all the culture. Right. From all their colonialism. Yeah. It's not fake. It's real. They stole it. It's authentic. <laughs> but they didn't steal it. <laughs> this time. Um, this, this, this time. This time. It's true. But they didn't steal this one. Um, so I looked it up, and it's the Luxor obelisk that was given to them in 1833. How nice. And I can only imagine the conversation that Egypt had. Oh, I can imagine. As a group that was like, what do we have that other people want? 3,000-year-old monuments. Let's just ship it to them. Yeah. Literally by ship, mm-hmm. ship it to them. Ship it. Right. Shipping wars. Um, shipping wars. Obelisk edition. <laughs> 1833. Uh, just a really upset French mark. I'm like, ugh. Oh, uh, gosh. It's going to be horrible. So it's going to be the worst. So what they did was apparently they were just giving them away for, as signs of friendship. I mean, They yeah. give France two and England one because they like France better, apparently. Um, but they can only, <laughs> with the technology of the time, they are only capable of shipping one of the obelisks that they give to France actually to them because it's the other one is so large and heavy that they can't move it. Oh, yeah. But one of them they do get there, and that's the one that's, um, like, I don't know that it's on the Champs-Élysées, but it's near it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told this to my dad, and he was like, well, hmm. yeah. well, I don't have to like it. Hmm. Um, he's mostly like, that's very bizarre. <laughs> Like, it was more likely that it would just be the French are being weird. Um, I'm just surprised that it was given willingly. Yeah. And then in, uh, I think it was... They have a whole building full of stolen things. (laughs) It's called the Louvre. It's true. (laughs) Um, And I think in, uh, in like, 2008, um, Nicolas Sarkozy was the president of France, and he officially gave back the other obelisk that has never left Egypt. How... How kind of him. <laughs> Don't worry about sending it to us. Just keep it. We gift it to you. You're welcome. That's, even if it was a gift this time, that's the most colonial thing I've Let ever heard of. hand back your... You know what? We don't need your culture. Just keep it. That thing that you have currently, we gift it to you. Yeah. I mean, they did technically own it. But yeah. 
<laughs> no one wants to figure out how to ship this giant marble slab. Um, because of this, like, I feel like this, this story clearly shows my dad and I together doing one of our favorite things, watching the Tour de France, and then doing our other favorite thing, talking about weird things and then looking them up on the internet and then talking about the results, um, which, you know, quite possibly makes this podcast make more sense <laughs> as far as to why it exists. And in conclusion, dad. And um, why I got my degree in history because this was just a thing my dad and I used to do all the time and made me realize that uh, historical events are very interesting and bizarre and often more entertaining uh, than fiction mm-hmm. and uh, gave me, I think, a healthy appreciation for it. So there you go. The end. Tour de France. Tour of the France. Tour of France. Tour of the France. Um, via bicycle. The weird sport where the last day doesn't count. The points don't matter, but they do. I I don't know if they do. Not sure if they do. Did you learn something today, Haley? Humans don't matter. (laughs) Blood sport. It's not a blood sport. Blood sport. You made up that part. Doggy. Yeah, puppy. Puppy. Aren't you glad that I found a way to put puppies in it? Yeah. And wasn't it great? It was super funny. Yeah, it was terrifying. But it's so funny. It was. Poor Bobby. It's stressful, but then it's like got a good, nice relief at the end. It's like, oh, he okay. Oh, the dog is fine. The writer might not be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't fine. worry about the dog. He's fine. The man needs medical attention. We'll, the dog is fine. We'll talk to the dog. We'll make sure he knows it wasn't his fault. Right. And he'll be okay. <laughs> You poor puppy. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. He looks right into the camera. Oh, no. What? I don't know. It's ha- Everyone's panicking. Oh, that was an accident. <laughs> totally. I don't, he doesn't I even. I didn't just want to be on TV. <laughs> and, then, and then someone hit me. I don't understand. Aww. Poor puppy. And you got to watch somebody be punched in the face. I always do. Like and that. learn that. Now you can tell people if they ever bring up the Tour de France, you can be like, you know, somebody died on the Tour de France by drowning. <laughs> Let them process, watch their face. They process that for a minute. I don't think I understand cycling. <laughs> what? was? Are you sure this wasn't an Ironman competition? And they forgot that they were supposed to swim and not bike. Mm. <laughs> he was an Ironman. He was so dedicated. In the ocean. Hey. That's why he sank. R.I.P. All right. P. Adolf Henneri. Just call me Adolf. They'll know which one you're talking about. Sure. <laughs> won't. No. They will never know. There's they will Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We've possibly made this podcast illegal in Germany. Oops. Whoops. It's not my fault that was his name. How could uh, I? It's okay. He died. Right. He killed himself drowning on the Tour de France. <laughs> it was a rest day. It's okay. <laughs> so it didn't count. <laughs> they used his blood afterwards. He, he lives, it's fine. He lives on. It's fine. He's, I mean, now we'll never forget him. Uh, he's still in the channel somewhere. They never dragged his body out. <laughs> he floats there still oh, to gosh. this day. To this day. To this Sometimes day. Sometimes you can catch a glimpse of him <laughs> on a clear night, <laughs> on a quiet and quiet evening. You can hear his gurgles. Oh, gross! From both coasts. Okay, I think we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, thank you for joining us. I know this episode was kind of weird. Um, 
but so, hopefully... So is cycling. What else could it have been? Cycling is very weird. Um, and hopefully you learned something and enjoyed yourself. It makes me uncomfortable. I need to go outside and be not close to other people. My favorite now. sport. <laughs> <laughs> Don't vomit. It's, uh, it's too much almost touching on bike. Oh, they touch a lot. Don't. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of happy though that you're acting like this right now that I could put you in this position because you keep doing nasty things about animals that makes me grossed out and now I found how to return that stuff to you. That was science. Uh huh. Sport people are not natural unless they have many molecules of water between them and other people. It's not natural. Okay. To touch with skin. Sure. Meat bags on wheels. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And uh, you can find this episode on our website, hystericalhistory.simplecast.fm. You can go to our Facebook page and like that, where we will post some of these videos of this cute little dog, of this horse video. And, and that one's not the Tour de France, but just so you can have a nice appreciation of animals and cycling. Yep. Amélie. 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 And, um... You can uh, email us. Or leave a review on iTunes. Right. Our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. There's a, Send us suggestions. There's Send also, us your uh, Tour de France stories. There's a button on the website to the email. Yes. Just as long as you remember the website, you can get anywhere. It's true. Tell us where you're from and why you listen to this. Because How? Why are you here? We're very curious. Who are you? We had to listen in the Cayman Islands. Who are you? Who are you? Also, why did you stop listening? <laughs> no, this is a one. They might not stop. You don't know. They stopped. They we, have, we have one French listen. So, a French person, I need you to listen to this one at least. So, there should be at least two from France. That's how I learned. The, the Twitter France is how I learned how to count to five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you told me that. Bye. Eddie. Go bike a hill today. Cycle a thing today. Cycle. Dope yourself with... The blood of your teammates who have sacrificed themselves for you today. Nope. Bye. 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 Bye.